Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, folks. Folks, hello there. This is Carl. It is November the 5th, and it is Sunday, and first day, and unfortunately, daylight savings times has ended, and that I'm not happy about, but that's just an opinion. Uh, some people like it, uh, going back to regular. Uh, I personally wish they'd just maybe split it and, you know, instead of going ahead a full hour next time, let's just go ahead a half hour or back a half hour in the fall and let it stick permanently. But, again, you didn't – you're not joining here if you're on here to listen to my – comments about the weather. Uh, A couple of things I want to say. Uh, Our call-in number, if you're listening to the program and you feel motivated to call in and make a comment uh, or to uh, ask a question, uh, whatever reason you'd like to join the the Bible study uh, on the radio, on Freedomizer Radio, it's 319-527-6208, and that is a toll-free call from a landline or a cell phone anywhere in continental United States, as I understand it. It's definitely free in continental United States. I don't know if Alaska and Hawaii would be uh, part of that, but continental United States, it is toll-free. Okay, Uh, we're in the book of uh, Romans, uh, chapter 8, and we'd read verse 3 and 4. And if you remember the the entire uh, concept or context uh, of this was uh, the cross of Christ. And I, I keep saying, and I do mean it, and I, I couldn't I couldn't stress it more. Uh, I'm not capable of stressing it anymore. But God Himself, in order to satisfy His justice for man's sin, which we've all committed, which is Romans three twenty through twenty three, none of us seek God, not a one. None of us do right. Uh, God himself had to come to this earth and die the most horrendous death a human being could die on the cross as an absolute criminal. And he had to do this to pay for our sins. God in human form is Jesus Christ. So the cross of Christ is the absolute pivotal point of all history. Everything for 4,000 years up until Christ was crucified and everything from the time Christ was crucified until the uh, rapture of the church, uh, the pivotal point, the point upon which you are either going to go into eternity with faith in nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified or you're going to go into eternity uh, without your soul faith being in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's 1 Corinthians 2.2. I determine to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Why? Verse 5. So that my faith 
may be in the power of God and not the wisdom of men. So depending, everybody who ever lives is going to hear one or two things the moment they go into eternity. Because I believe it's Hebrews 9.22 says, uh, it is appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. Okay, bear with me. It is appointed for man to die and then the judgment. And uh, what do you hear? You'll hear one of two things. The moment the soul leaves the body, the soul and the spirit, you're either going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. Okay, and that is all going to depend on the importance that we put on the cross. Hold on. Okay, you there? I'm here. I'm sorry, Carl. I had a phone. Yep, I'm here. I had a a phone call. Don't worry about it. Okay, we'll try it again next week. Uh, Yep. I'll tell you the best thing for us to do right now, though, and folks, just bear with me. We've got a minor difficulty, and we've had it for three and a half years. Uh, We cannot get anybody to give us any information that works. Maybe that's a little too too condemning. We're not able, we're not smart enough to figure out how to bring someone on. And even though Raven's not a co-host, to have her act as a co-host, because I value her input in scripture, and so we were coming up with a game plan because here's the problem, and this is the whole problem, and anybody who listens to it uh, knows it. There is, by the FCC rules, uh, I believe it's a seven-second delay between the host of any program, which in this case is myself, and anybody who calls in. And the problem we have, and it's got to be very annoying. I'm sure it's annoying to Raven and I. It's got to be horribly annoying to the people listening to us that we're both talking at the same time. And right. so we, we've got a plan. We'll try next week and see if it, if it solves the problem. If it yeah. does not solve the problem, what we'll start doing today, Raven, uh-huh. you will, I will give you verses. You read them. Okay. After you read the verses, hold on, hold on, just bear with me. That's what I want to avoid. Okay, after the verses are read, and maybe this will solve the issue and we won't have to use our imagination to figure out what we're not smart enough to figure out. After you're done, I will tell you, go ahead and make your comments. See, because you and I are talking on the radio like we do in person, you'll say something and I'll say, wait a minute, I just, I, I see another. The problem is you and I have a seven second delay uh, or somewhere in that period of time, it used to be seven second, and it's got to be very annoying for the people listening. So we're only experimenting folks because we're not able to get information on how we can have her come on. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the radio station. I'll take the right. blame. I'm barely smart enough to use my telephone to make phone calls with, so I'm not condemning anybody or anything. Um, it's just we're not bright enough to do it. 
So we'll try this. And then when you're finished making your comments, you tell me. And if I have nothing else to add to it, then we'll, I'll give you more verses. And maybe that'll work better. Because the way okay. we were going to try was, a, folks, I'm telling you, I'm just bright enough to make calls and answer a phone. And I had a wild idea to try. It's probably better I don't try it. Probably my phone would melt. Um <laughs> But we're, we're going to go back in this whole idea of the cross of Christ. It is the funda- it is the it is the pivotal point of whether you will be told to depart from me into everlasting fire for all eternity, or well done, good and faithful servant. I can't think of anything in Scripture other than the cross of Christ which we should be more concerned about. Amen. All right, so we were reading in Romans chapter 8. We've been on this because Romans 8, we could talk about the first four, four verses I could for a month. We were talking and we said, in, in, read Romans 8, 3, and then I'm going to interject something, and then we're going to read 4. Okay, Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Okay. Now what this is saying is that what the law could not do, what could the law not do? It could not forgive us our sin. It could not make payment for the sin. It could not restore the broken relationship that mankind has with God because of one sin. Uh, It could do nothing. Obeying the law could do nothing as far as forgiveness of sin, making reprimands for sin, eliminating punishment for sin. Obeying the law can't do it. Why? Because it's through the flesh. We're weak through the flesh. So just follow the bouncing ball here. Try to get rid of anything you've understood because it's taken me uh, probably 15 years to really grasp this concept because I was coming trying to take what the Bible said and blend it with my different religious beliefs that man's taught me. That is something you're going to have to decide once and for all. You're going to put away everything you know and listen to only what the Bible. Now, you don't have to, but you're going to always be confused on this. It took me, when I say it took me 10 to 15 years, I'm sure people think, well, I know the guy, and I know he's not the sharpest tool in the box for 15 years. The reason being, I was trying to blend man's opinion of what the Bible says with what the Holy Spirit says. So just try it. If I'm crazy and it don't work, you didn't lose anything. Maybe an hour and a half of one day, if you listen that long. What the law could not do, in other words, man, because he's in weak, sinful flesh, he's in condemned flesh, under the curse of God since Adam and Eve 6,000 years ago. Nothing that is controlled by the sin nature, the carnal nature, the flesh can be accepted by God. So therefore, Carl obeying the law in his own strength, 
can do nothing. God can't accept it. Even if I obey the law, Raven and I theoretically, and this is only theoretical, she obeys the same law I do perfectly. I obey the law perfectly. She does it through the power of the Holy Spirit because her faith is in what Christ did at the cross, and I do it because of my self-righteousness, my religion, my denomination, my ability to speak a certain way or not speak that way, my ability to resist sin, which is higher. I'm more committed than you are. Bring in religion, and it's pandemic in Christianity today, I'm sorry to say. And listen to some of these people on on a, a pro on a network like cable satellite network, which is on the radio. I'm telling you, I heard another guy this week, another Dr. Youssef. He is saying the churches today, Pastor Rands, the churches are not giving people biblical literacy. And I I, I got to tell you, folks, we've got to get to the point. I said two weeks ago, I think it was. How much more in this country are we going to take before somebody says, stop it? I'm not saying you stop going to church. I'm saying you pray and you weigh what the people like me are telling you. And if we're not pointing you to Jesus Christ and him crucified, then you cannot afford to listen to us. We could be a danger to your soul. I'm telling you. Just listen to what the book says. I don't give a tinker's darn what religion says, including the religion of the Laodicean Church of Revelation three fourteen through 17. I couldn't care less what the religious, the, the supposed religious Christianity is saying today. I want to know only what the scripture says. It says the law could not do it. Not the law. The law does nothing. It sits there. It's like saying money is evil. No, money is nothing. It's a piece of paper with print on it. The law is a piece of paper with print on it. What this means is that what human beings could not do by obeying the law. Why? Because they're weak in the flesh. Why? Because of Adam and Eve 6,000 years ago. And we're living under eternal curse. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Let me read you what we're under since Adam and Eve, if anybody thinks I'm making too much of a, of a drama out of this. The creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subject the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. We are in the bondage of corruption. We have been since Adam and Eve, folks. Read Genesis chapter 3. We know that the whole creation groans and travaileth in pain until now. And not only they, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even us, folks, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So we are under this same, even though the curse does not extend that we lose our soul if we continue to, if we continue to the end to trust in God and only Jesus Christ and him crucified. If we continue, and that's in the book of Revelation, that's in Colossians 1.23. If you continue, the revelation in several places in, in Genesis, or Revelation 2 and 3 where he's judging the churches. If you continue, if you continue to the end, 
Don't listen to anything but what the Bible says in this. I couldn't be more more sincere in my urging you. I bounced around like a red rubber ball. Why would it take me over 10 years? Someone who has graduated with a four-year college degree, again, I am not bright. I admit that. But I had the ability to work very hard in school, probably twice as hard as other people. I just disciplined myself. That's the way I was. And I was able to get through. Why would it take me 10 years? Because I was trying to blend what man in the way Odyssean churches were telling me, in Christian churches, so-called. It don't work, folks. I'm not criticizing a church because I don't want you to go to theirs and give your quarter to them because I don't have a church you can come to. I'm just telling you, don't make the stupid mistake I've made. So, Carl, by obeying the law, it means nothing. God can't accept it. It's a mute point. It's as if, as if I never tried to obey the law. Whether I try to obey the law in my own flesh and my own self-righteousness, my own religious ability, or I continue or I just make a decision instead of obeying the law, the heck with it. I'm just going to sin. Every sin I can think of, I'm going to do for the rest. I'm going to both are going to end up in the same place. That's a lake of fire because we can't obey the law. God did not give us the ability to obey the law in his own strength. Why? We're weak through the flesh. So what did God do? Being he, God's not a hypocrite. God said we must obey the law. Well, wait a minute. He says you can't do it in your own flesh. That's right. But God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Okay. So God's saying you can't by your religious effort. I don't care if you're the head of every denomination in the United States, not that it's just the ASG or the Southern Baptist Convention. If you're the Pope, you're all of these things in your own strength. God never gave us the ability to obey the law that he could accept it. But what did he do? Because he still says we need to be law. We ought to obey the law. Okay? Here's where the cross comes in. And Raven, and you read this one, tell me, if you see where verse 4 is now impressing the total necessity, 3 and 4, of, the, of our faith in nothing but the cross. Now, remember, God wants you to obey the law, but he never gave you the ability to do it. So God has to do something to help you. And what did he do? He sent his, sin, his son into the world in the likeness of sinful flesh. Raven, read verse 4 and see if the cross makes sense now that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Do you see the connection in yes. verse 3 and 4? we got to obey mm-hmm. the law, but we're not able to do it because we're in sinful flesh that we inherited from Adam and Eve. And this is written to believers. This is the Roman church. So what did God do? He sent his own son here to do what? Die on the cross. And he did that for verse 4, that we who can't obey the law in our own strength may be able to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law if we walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. There's where it comes in. Walking after the spirit 
is your faith is in nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Add no religion, no effort, no money, no biblical, no sacraments, nothing. You have nothing to offer God. You come naked. You stand there guilty. You've committed sin. You have nothing to offer, not even a grain of sand. But the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. That means there's a choice. That choice depends as who are you going to depend on? Are you going to depend on Christ plus your religious belief? Are you going to depend on Christ plus what you do in the church? Are you going to depend on Christ plus your, your commitment? Are you going to depend on Christ uh, plus the fact you were born into a Christian home? This is a question we got our uh, folks. I didn't write this. This may seem like I'm arrogant, and I'm not. I hope not. But I didn't write this. This applies to me. And I'm telling you, it took me over 10 years to grasp this because I wanted to make this connect with religion, and it does not. And by religion, I mean religion being taught in Christian churches, not the false religions out in the world. When I say the religion I was in, I mean the teaching of the Laodicean church, the end-time church, which is teaching you to go back to the law in addition to faith in Christ. And that's Acts 15.5 for anybody who wants to see it in writing. But the whole idea here, walk after the flesh. What is the flesh? That means your own strength. I'm going to trust in Christ, but I'm going to get baptized by water just in case he didn't close the loop. That's as silly as saying that there's a purgatory. All of it's saying that Christ didn't do enough. Well, I've got to speak in tongues. I've got to be baptized. I've got to pray more. I've got to go to church more. I've got to go to more Bible study. I've got to read the Bible more. All that, folks, that has any dependence on you is trusting in the flesh, trusting in the carnal nature, the sin nature. Do not add any of that to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why do you think Paul said, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, I determined to know nothing, nothing. You want to walk in the flesh? Go ahead. I did it for years. I still have trouble with it. Because my first impulse is when I'm doing wrong, what am I going to do? That's, again, like me going out here to a turnpike that runs east and west. The connection of all the roads, Interstate 80. It goes from one end of the United States to the other, east and west. It's like me being in the middle of the country and turning West to go to New York City. It ain't going to happen. I was sincere. Romans 10, too. They were very sincere. But it was not based on knowledge of Christ. Read Romans 10, too. For those who think, well, you're sincere, God will pat you on the back on Judgment Day. He'll give you pervenient grace, which is not in the Bible. God will give you. God will know. No. We only pray to God that he gives us his infinite love, his infinite mercy, his infinite compassion, his infinite patience. Don't mix any grace up with the fact that we sin and God overlooks it. That is fallacy. That is heresy. You want to do this? Listen to what verse 4 says. It's not Carl. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Might be. It's still my choice. Do I want to work a walk after the flesh, meaning trusting in Christ plus my baptism 
or my communion that I do or my good works or my random acts of kindness? Or do I want to trust in only Christ and him crucified? That's why I mean the cross is the central part of all humanity. It's a central part of all creation since 6,000 years ago. Anything you might want to add? Well, Romans 8, 3, and 4 shows us, and, and I'm going to go to Galatians for just a moment as well to prove this, but the law what? shows, the law was given to show us our imperfection. Christ mm-hmm. gave us his perfection. And if we go to Galatians 3, 24 yep. and 25, it shows that. Yep. The, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith Perfect. has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Perfect. A hundred percent. It's not that we don't obey the, the original law. And I'm not talking about all the little jots and fiddles. I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. That's it. Right. But, but right. Christ, Christ took all that and he condensed it, condensed it into two little things. And, and that was love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy might and thy neighbor as thyself. That's it. And, and, and that, is, that is all under accepting Christ repenting and accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you do that, then you have the love of God in you and you're able to walk in the Spirit. And that's the only way that you can follow those things and love God and your neighbor. You cannot do it without the love of God in you. It's literally impossible. You cannot accomplish that. You can't do it. And, and all of this is wrapped up in that, that Galatians, um, that Galatians uh, 3, 24 and 25. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Romans and Galatians, to me, if you, if you doubt anything that, that, that Carl, that, that you, Carl, are, are saying, read Romans and Galatians. The two fit like a hand in a glove. They explain so well what, what Christ talked about, you know, it, it, and, and what is explained in the Gospels, and that is that, that the Holy Spirit comes upon you at salvation, you know, that, that he would be giving us the, the Holy Spirit. And, and Paul... It, it, obviously the Holy Spirit through Paul, but Paul talks about these and, and it's just so obvious to anyone who has the Holy Spirit in him. If the Holy Spirit is in you, pray before you read. And I don't think that you can not understand it, but, but just ask the Holy Spirit to show it to you before you read it. I, I think that's okay. the most important uh, I got to be honest with you. I have absolutely no uh, nothing to add to it. Nothing to add because Raven is quoting the scripture. 
The minute the raven starts giving her opinion, her denomination, her pastor's opinion, or even my opinion, if it's not based on scripture, I don't even want to hear my opinion. Okay. Right. Now, we've got a choice as believers. Now, to get the people say, well, this isn't written to believers, you can't lose your Read the Bible. Don't give me any pious platitude from the altar, from the altar of heresy, the Laodicean church. It's written to believers. Let me let me let me make that as a, a former president. Let me be very clear about that. I Paul, Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, served, separated unto the gospel of God, which means that was his only motive that God gave him which he had mm-hmm. promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So the Holy Scriptures, from the first day of the of prophets, from Genesis chapter 1, the prophetic writings, all concerned with one thing, the promise of Jesus Christ. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made a seed of David according to the flesh. That means David is a a biological descendant through the bloodline of Christ and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now listen, people don't think this is written. It applies every word according to 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16, can apply to anybody regardless of your spiritual condition. But the epistles were written to believers by whom we, who is he meaning we, the group of people he's writing to, the Romans, have received grace and apostleship for the obedience of the faith. Saying that's not believers, among whom you are called by Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved by God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've had people tell me the epistles are not specific to to the church. Come on, folks. Let's get off this religion. Let's get away from religion. And let's get away from from teaching of false doctrines of uh, 1 Timothy 4.1, doctrines of demons and devils. Now, I stupidly listened to them and tried to make them contradict what the Scripture said. That's why it took me 10 years to grasp Romans 6, 7, and 8. I probably shouldn't tell you that. You may wonder if I'm bright enough to get on the phone, just barely. But there's a choice here. The righteousness of the law, Christ died that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. But those who choose who believe in Christ, who trust who trust in him and nothing else. But after that, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to walk, go back into the flesh now, which was the whole book of Galatians was written about? Or are you going to walk by faith in Christ alone? Are you going to combine your faith with your baptism by water? Or the fact you speak in tongues or don't speak in tongues? Or the fact you do random acts of kindness or you work more than anybody for the church or you volunteer or do all those things but your faith for restoration of the broken relationship from Adam and Eve 
and the forgiveness of your sin and the salvation that's given to you. It cannot be polluted with anything that depends on any human being. It's only Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's a choice we got. And that's a choice that said, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay, now let's go ahead and read 5, 6, and 7, and it's going to elaborate on what Raven just read in 4. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Okay. We're back to this choice. And I'm so tired of hearing people say we don't have a choice. If we didn't have a choice, folks, why do we even go to church? Why do we go into the ministry? Why do we do anything? Why do we do what we're doing today? You're an actor in a play. The great playwright God has already written in there what he's going to do. Don't now try to combine two different things, heresy with fact, heresy with the Bible. That's where I screwed up, and it cost me 10 years of growth. I was horsing around with this nonsense, buying commentary after commentary, and all I had to do was by the only commentary I should have been reading and paying attention to, and that's the Bible, not man's opinion. I didn't say don't read man's opinion, but you go for your your training. You've only got one real teacher. That's the Holy Spirit. That's John 14, 26, 15, 26, and 16, 13. I didn't say I read Matthew Henry. I like a guy named J.C. Ryle, A.W. Pink. Uh, David Wilkerson very much but you don't read them to see what the Holy Spirit is saying you read them to get their very their spiritual understanding on what the Holy Spirit is telling them why if Raven has written a book now Raven I'm trying to think of things that you excel at in the natural, and I haven't known Raven that long to know her growing up and in college, but she's got two college degrees, and I do know that she's studied computer programming. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing about computer programming. All I know is I believe it follows the uh, binary number system. It's either on or right. off. Okay. That's right. If she's going to tell me what she wants me to learn about computer programming, why am I going to go out and ask someone else what Raven says? Why don't I ask Raven? The Holy Spirit, folks, is in you. He dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 6. Why? I don't know the reasons, folks, but are we sometimes looking for man to soften up what we can't accept? Is the Bible against Carl's little secret sins to the point that he can't handle it? So he's going to go out 
and do like I used to do when I went to confession. I kept going to a priest until he told me it was all right to do what I what I wanted to do. And I mean that. I did it. I don't know the motivation, folks, but we got to get away from this false preaching and teaching. Second Chronicles 7.14 clearly states that the moral condition of the country or the land is directly, directly proportional to the moral condition of the church. And if anybody looks at the United States today and says that as a nation, we are morally healthy, we separate wavelengths at this point. Now, they that are after the flesh, listen to this. This is a choice you got to make. Not for me. You're going right. to stand on Hebrews 9:22. The moment you go into eternity, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ. And it is appointed for man to die and then the judgment. Are you as a believer who had the Holy Spirit that Christ died to give you? Are you going to walk after the spirit or after the flesh? Your choice. Now here he's telling you why why you should make a decision that he that the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. What does that mean? Those who are trusting in something in addition to Christ, like their religious commitment, their self righteousness, their uh, ability to obey the law, anything. As I said, even doing biblical things. Oh, I pray more than Raven. I read the Bible more than my wife. Good, keep doing it. But that does not take the place of trusting only in the death of Christ. Because no power comes from me to me because of my good works. The only power that comes to me is when I trust in Jesus Christ and him alone, then the power of Christ resides in me. And Roy Raven, you read that Romans 8, 2. Why don't you read Romans 8, 2 again? Only the power of Christ in you is the only thing that can set you free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you see that little phrase in there? In Christ Jesus, you cannot yes. have your you cannot have your faith divided up into ninety nine and forty four one hundred percent Jesus Christ and point five six percent in religion, your denomination, your church attendance, the money you give, your family being Christians. No, it's got to be one hundred percent in Christ. If you want the law of spirit of life to set you free from the law of sin and death, as a believer, he's talking to believers. We covered that in Romans 1. You've got one choice. Make a decision. Who are you going to follow? You can't split your loyalty here. They that are the flesh mind the things of the flesh. What are the things of the flesh? Those who are of the flesh, meaning those who are going to be religious and add that to faith in Christ, what are the things of the flesh? Raven, read Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Mm-hmm. This is the things of the flesh. 19 through 21. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Yep. 
Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, licentiousness, jealousy, excuse me. No, you're right. Okay, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. That covers any selfish ambitions pretty much covers anything I don't mention here that, you know, dissension. And that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. Right. Anything that anything that focuses on you instead of Christ, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. <laughs> and anything that's not of Christ, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice which means continue in such things Amen. will not Amen. will yep will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, let's see what this is saying. They that are after the flesh, meaning that their faith is in, it's mainly in Christ usually. In fact, it always starts off in Christ totally, and then where the right. Galatians got is they started adding their own ability and trusting in their selves. The moment you add anything to Jesus Christ and him crucified, even doing a biblically good thing, your faith is now split. And what does it say, those that are after the flesh, meaning your faith partially in the flesh, your effort, or what you do, you mind the things of the flesh. The, my things of flesh you mind are then what? These sins. In fact, Raven, what is the first statement of what these sins are called? They're not actually called sins. In Galatians 5, right. 19, what does he call them? The works of the flesh. There you go. Now, are they, am I saying it's not sin? Then I'd be stupider than I sound. But they're, they're why they're called the works of the flesh, they are a result of you having a divided faith in Jesus Christ plus anything else, anything, even a good thing. Amen. Is, is this making sense? Amen. Oh, amen. amen. There's something, to, I just want to quickly add something there. There's something good, that good. you... There's something that you say that I use this, this phrase, if you will, quite often because it's so perfect. And it's not specifically biblical, but it is because it, 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 it is what is meant, I, I, I want to say. And maybe you have a, a verse that will back this up because it really is biblical. In my in my opinion, I believe that you could back it up. But you often say that we need to repent of our own works, and and we do. We need I, I and I believe you could probably back that up with scripture because well, here, we here. we need to re, we need to repent of 
Well, because let's let's look at it here. You know what? I think we could rep- we could back it up with verse twenty. Selfish ambition. Wait, wait, hold, hold on a minute. Start with five. That's exactly what five is saying. Eight five. Right. But, right. But but verse twenty. Selfish ambitions. That's our own works. Right. That's right. That's yep. our own works. And we need yep. to repent of that. So that it is biblical. We need to repent of our own works. And that that is. And when you say that, the first time I heard you say that, wow, that really hit me hard. Good or bad? I mean, it really. Oh, <laughs> I thought you know what? It 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 hit me. Well, good and bad, I guess. Because it, okay. it it twisted a great big knife in my heart, you know. But that's a good thing. Do you, do you understand what I mean? It's yep. it was bad, but but it was good at the same time. No. Nope. Because now at any time, the Holy Spirit says to me, "What are you doing?" It makes me go, "Oh, I'm trying to do this on my own. I'm trying to do this in the flesh instead of in the." Spirit. And that's what that means. Repent of my own good works. Don't do it in the flesh, but do it in the spirit. It is biblical. Repent of my own good works. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I first said it, Raven, mm-hmm. it almost, I could see where you could rise up and say, wait a minute, this time you're off the wall. But the key is my own good works. Yes. Now, let me me maintain not biblical accuracy, but let me maintain biblical integrity, which I'm a great believer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard this from Jimmy Swaggart. It is not my own. And when I first heard that, Raven, I was driving. And I almost I almost had to stop the car and call his radio station and say, you're going a little too far. But what I wasn't factoring is my good works. Makes sense? Right. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when you it, you say it, it, you say it stabbed you like a knife, but it felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of like if I got an abscess tooth. <gasps> yeah. The minute they hit you with that needle and that abscess, you wish that you'd have died, but within seconds, mm-hmm. you get relief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, which is what? Pornography, affairs, whatever I want to involve. Well, God gives Mm -hmm. you pervenient grace. That is not in the Bible. There is no such thing as any grace that winks at sin. That's a heresy. One of the first knives that Dave, Pastor Dave, stuck in me in 1986 or early 87 is when he said from the pulpit, God did not die to save you in sin, but from sin. Yeah. 
And I rebelled at that statement. You want to trust in something other than Christ in addition to Christ? You're going to end up in these works of the flesh, which is three, three verses of sins. Why? Because of verse 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ, not Christ plus baptism by water. Not Christ plus speaking in tongues or Christ plus your Baptist denomination or your Assemblies of God denomination or Christ plus the money you give or the amount of work you do in the church. It's Christ plus zero. Dave, Pastor Dave says, Christ plus or minus nothing equals salvation. To me, that's a more important equation than E equals MC squared, which supposedly, supposedly revolutionized the old Newtonian mechanics to what we now call the the atomic mechanics. And that's not necessary to know that. But I put uh, Pastor Risen's equation. Salvation equals Christ plus nothing, Christ minus nothing. Anything else you do, folks, you are going to be mining the things of the flesh. And that is the result of what you do as you now get into these lists of sins. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life must be in Christ Jesus only to make you free from the law of sin and death of Romans 8, 2. Is it, is it making logical sense, folks? Oh, Not yeah. something Carl likes, because Carl's got to live by this, too. Uh, you know, I've seen comedy about this stuff where something's wrong. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't look at these things and... And then this is the comedian says, well, can I just take a peek? No, no, you can't. You can't. Right. You justify taking a peek and going into the near occasion of sin when your faith is split in any way, shape, or form. It must be totally on Christ. That means that the object of your faith for everything is what he did on the cross. Back to where we started four weeks ago, the cross is the central point of all eternity. The central point of all eternity. Now, Raven said in verse 6, to be carnally minded. Okay, carnally minded is the same as the flesh or the sin mind, sin nature. Carnally minded is death. Okay? Let's read Romans 8, 2 again. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that's not talking about physical death. That's talking about spiritual death. And this is talking to believers. And I know there's going to be people out there who are going to say, it can't happen. Don't. I don't want to debate that. Read the Bible. Romans chapter 1 tells us very clearly in the first eight verses, this is written to believers. This statement here is written to believers. Why would he tell a believer you've got to make a choice? As a believer, are you going to be carnally minded or spiritually minded? It is yeah. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. If there were no chance of this happening, why would he say this? I mean, the Holy Spirit has got to be as, as, as intelligent as, as a logic, a person who majors in logic. Now, let's read verse 7. The carnal mind, the mind that's split. I believe it's Christ and him crucified, but circumcision. 
Today, it's I believe in Christ and am circumcised, but usually it's something like water baptism or my family would, or anything you add. The moment you add something, you are now in the sin nature, the carnal nature, the flesh. Even though your faith may be 99% in Christ, he cannot share with with the Holy Spirit. God cannot share a temple with Bilyal. And Bilyal is anything else I put my faith in to accomplish what Romans 8 is saying other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. The carnal mind is enmity. The heck of it. One day, I looked up the word enmity. I figured you're reading that for 15 years. You might as well know it. It means deep hatred. Deep hatred. The carnal mind. The religious mind. The mind that's divided between Christ and water baptism is enmity against God. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Why? It is not subject to law, nor can it be. Anything you want to add? No, I think you said it all there, Carl. I do. I I have nothing to add to that at all. I've lived through this, Raven, and I was tortured. I I I I have I I I don't know if you've not been in down where I got all these books, but I had I've thrown out as many books as I had in the, from the beginning. I've got three complete bookshelves four and five high uh, shelving full of books that I've kept, but I threw out at least that many because they're nonsense. But I struggled with this. I've spent untold dollars, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form a person of means. I'm not, I'm comfortable, I'm surviving, but I, I don't have excess of money. And I am, right. and I went and bought book after book after book after book because no matter what I did, until I heard Jimmy Swaggart, and I'll always give him credit for this, even though people love to bash him. He's the one that kept day after day after day after day. I would leave home about five thirty in the morning to go to work. And I would listen to him because he was the only thing on the radio that that was even semi-interesting. And he kept talking about this. He kept talking about that as a believer, we've got to decide, is our faith going to be in Christ alone or Christ plus something else? And he then went into Galatians. And, you know, you're right. You're right in this respect. As, as Swagger talked Romans, he brought Galatians right along with it because Galatians is talking about the poor person like Carl who is trying to blend Christ with the law. So your right. analogy there was a good one. Thank you. All right. I, I, let's I take this knife. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I no, no, no. Ask. Say what you, No, say what I just was going to say. Gonna say I, I simply was going to say that, you know, Paul is very good at talking about following the spirit in all of his epistles really about about making sure that we understand how important the holy spirit is in our lives 
I mean, yes. he just is. He's and and I think that we need to make sure that we understand that as well. There are a lot of people out there right now who want to condemn Paul and condemn his writings. And as soon mm-hmm. as you take Paul and his writings away from the scriptures, then you need to take all of scripture away. You cannot eliminate one without eliminating everything else. You can't. So. That is that is a good, I've not thought of it that way as such, but that is good because, hmm. You know why it's good? Let's just go to Galatians and see why. Other than the fact Raven said it. (laughs) (laughs) No, go to Galatians, Raven, and I'm not even going to comment on it. It's self-explanatory. Read one. Oh, yeah. And I want you to start at chapter 1, verse 11. And I want you to read yeah. through 17. This, All right. is why, this is why you're giving credulence to what Paul said. Go ahead. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father's traditions. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning these things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterwards, so, I went into the region. Yeah. You, what you're saying here, and again, I'm, I'm accentuating or validating what you said. You don't want to eat anything but what Paul says, because who is his teacher? Only one, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I don't have Christ. No, but you got the Holy Spirit who will teach you everything Christ ever said or did. The fact is, folks, we don't want to listen to the Bible only. We want man's opinion because man will give us a leeway and the the Holy Spirit won't. There's no negotiation with the Holy Spirit. It's what he says. 
And I am convinced in my own mind, the only reason I ever tried to massage it around is I did not want to obey totally what the word of God is saying. And that's the truth. I'm not criticizing myself. Right. It's interesting. It's interesting that you bring up Galatians with Romans because those were the first two books that I ever paid attention to. And I saw them basically, I saw them both saying the same thing. It was like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Okay, we left off with verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity towards God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. Why are we going to continue believing? We got to go to purgatory. We got to say the rosary. We got to go to confession to a man. We got to be baptized in water. We got to speak in tongues. And folks, let me say something. I am a great admirer of Jimmy Swaggart's ability to, especially the Old Testament. He has taught me the Old Testament unlike anything I've ever read before of what all the sacrifices were pointing to, et cetera. But just so you know, I am not a paid political or unpaid advertiser for Swaggart. I don't go to his church. I'm probably 1,100 miles away. I don't belong to the media church, or I'm not a donator or anything. I'm just telling you, the man has done wonders for me, and I recognize that. And I got to tell you, people who may say that I explain things well, especially in the Old Testament, I've got to give everything to that man's teaching. Uh, now, again, what I did, and I called him one day. Believe it or not, I called there one day, Raven, and I said, I'd like to talk to Mr. Swigert or Reverend Swigert. And the guy mm-hmm. I was talking to said, he's sitting here, do you want to talk to him? I said, yeah. And I told him, and it mm-hmm. was the truth. I, I tried. When he would write something in the commentary, I tried to contradict it, but I couldn't find anything in the Bible that did. Now, mm. I don't focus on Jimmy Swigert. I'm just saying a lot of the a lot of the things that people have said that I explain the Old Testament well and things, and I, whether I do or not, subjective. But I, I'm just going to give credit where credit's due. A. W. Pink, J. C. Ryle. David Wilkerson, who's a modern-day preacher. Uh, Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry is like reading Old English, Canterbury Tales and stuff. But Matthew Henry is very, very, very good. And I have to put, I put Jimmy Swigert right in that group. There's things with him and things with the Assembly of God or the Pentecostals that I, I don't see it the way they do. But I still give the man credit. And there's another thing. Nobody is ever going to say everything perfectly. There's only one who does, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's why he is your number one teacher. Second Timothy one nine, Paul says, Consider what I say, but go to but the Lord give you understanding in all things. And we are so far away from that. We're hundred and eighty degrees away from that. The last thing we want to do is go to the Bible. Yeah. Pastor Rands, and I told you this numerous times, but he, since you 
stopped doing Freedomizer Radio. It's probably been seven weeks. I probably heard him speak four times because he has got serious, serious illness, and sometimes he can't. He's sick and he cannot do Bible study on Wednesday. But I'm going to say at least two or three out of the four that I've been to, of him alone, not one of the assistant pastors, he has said that the church has done everything they could to make modern Christianity biblical literate. This is a current pastor of a major church in our area. Uh, he's not criticizing Christian. He's a minister. But he is saying the truth. We have to get back to the scripture. Consider what I say. Consider what Raven says. But you use Acts 17.11. You put on the glasses of Acts 17.11. You go to the scripture. Is Are we giving you what the scripture says? Or are we trying to just give you cherry-picked verses and cherry-pick what we want from the verse? to substantiate my opinion. You don't want my opinion. I don't even want it. All right. We're going to go to verse 18 eventually, or verse 17 in Romans 8. And then we're going to go in other areas, talk about the same thing, the sufficiency and the necessity of the cross. The cross has got to be 100% necessary and 100% sufficient in your life. Nothing else. All right, read, 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 read verse 8 alone, and this should kick you in the stomach of Romans 8. Which one again? Verse what? Romans 8, 8. 8? 8, 8. Yep. Yeah. So 8, then, 8. yeah. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if I believe that baptism has done something, that Christ left undone to save my soul. And without water baptism, I'm not going to heaven. You're saying I cannot please God. Is that right? Right. Okay. Again, I realize the upheaval this will cause with certain people. The very church I go to, nitroglycerin. I don't care what the Bible says. Right. In fact, I go to a church, folks, I'll tell you right off the bat. I go because the pastor is biblical, nothing else. No stories from seminary, no ideas from Bible college, nothing. Whether it's a Bible study or a sermon. Today, he started off, he said a couple of things about his health, or he's been gone And he said, go to Revelation 9, and that's all he talked about for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 45, whatever it was. That's all I want to hear. I want to consider what you think, but I only want to hear what the Word of God says. Okay. Now, read verse 9. This is a little tricky, and we've got to take it in parts. Okay. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. 
I want to start with this last statement first. And I'm going to let Raven take the lead on this because she's done a whole radio program on nothing but this topic. You need to examine yourself per 2 Corinthians 13.5. Is your Mm -hmm. salvation based on anything other than Christ alone? If it is, you don't have the Holy Spirit, maybe. Right. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're going to hell. I don't care how many programs you listen to. Why don't you go ahead for a minute or two? I want to start with that, and then we'll cover the beginning of nine down to that first period, because you have given more attention to that in your radio study than I have. All right. Well, I mean, Christ I'm not told us. I'm not trying to put you no. on the spot, okay? Okay. No, it's fine. I mean, Christ told us. I'm not trying, man. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, Christ told us that we were going to be, you know, that, that we were uh, baptized with water then, but that we were going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So this, this Holy Spirit, this Spirit of God dwelling in us, that's exactly what he's talking about here. This is this baptism or indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, this is what happened. And if if we are born again, are born again, then we have the Holy Spirit. Now, there was a time right there when, um, in the Old Testament, we know that that we that they looked forward to to Christ coming. And even when Christ was here, of course, we had believers. But until Christ actually died and was resurrected and then went up to to God, you know, went up ascended back up to his father, it, it was the Holy Spirit was not brought back down to us. But Let's let's go to Romans five five. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So there there is we have the hope of of resurrection. We have the hope of of being with God eternally because the Holy Spirit is given to us when we become born again it is given to us this is all throughout i I mean i could go i I could do as you know a few programs on this i could probably go on for several months uh on the holy spirit but we do receive the holy spirit when we uh, when we're born again now christ says the holy spirit and with fire now there's not a lot that is talked about this with fire. And, and I got to tell you, Carl, I really want to do a, uh, a study on this because you and I have talked about that a little bit. So I'm not going to go into that right now. 
but the Holy, we'll just stick with the Holy Spirit. So in Romans 8, he talks about this a lot, and in Galatians, he talks about this a lot, but, but we, we cannot, we cannot have God without having the Holy Spirit, and we cannot have the Holy Spirit without having Christ. It is simply impossible. As he says here, the two go together. Uh, in, in Romans 11, it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. They go together. That's where we get life in Christ, according to verse 11. They have to go together. They, they, they are not separate. And anybody, uh, I know this is going to burn a few people's biscuits. I'm, I'm sorry, but if if someone is telling you that the Holy Spirit comes to you later, that's not true. You receive the Holy Spirit when you are born again. Romans eight tells you this. You receive the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, that's exa- it says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So if you didn't receive the Holy Spirit when you accepted Christ, you didn't accept Christ. Now, Raven, you didn't. Let me, yeah. let me, let me hold on a minute. I'm going back trying to yeah. think of things you said here. Yep. You mentioned baptism by water, and it is in the Bible, but it was never mentioned yeah. for anything other than forgiveness of sins. Yes. It was mentioned it was, uh, as a requirement. Read, read Matthew 3, and I want you yeah. to read verse 6 and 11, because 6 yeah. and 11 tells us, here, verse 11 tells us very clearly what you just said. I will baptize yes. you with water for forgiveness of sin, but he who comes after me will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Read 6 yes. 11 of Matthew three eleven. That says exactly what you just said. Yes. And we're baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. That's all water baptism meant. But you and it's all it means that. today. Yes. But read 11 now. That's just what you were saying. Exactly. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. With the Holy Spirit. That's what you just said. Yeah. Now, what I like that you passed on this radio, this goes back a while ago. You mm-hmm. actually were saying the things that people are putting their faith in, that they're born again, and they may not. Yes. Yes. That is the point. Uh, what are you putting your faith that you're born again in? You better make darn well sure, folks, biblically speaking, not Raven, not Carl, or any other human being. What does the Bible say? Because your soul could be at stake. There yes. are millions of people out there, Raven, 
that are in Matthew 7, 22 and 23. I taught in your synagogue. Yeah. I healed people. I cast out demons. And he said, depart from me. That means go to, you're going to hell. Yeah. I'm not arguing with any denomination or any preacher. I'm reading what the scripture says. Right. May, may I interject for a moment? No, you go ahead. I, I, I want your opinions on this because you, you've studied this a little more than I have, these top, this topic, I think. Uh, so, so, well, and, and I studied it because, so much. because This is a real, I hate to use the word pet peeve. It's a real um, concern maybe. Uh, and, and it's because I was led down a false path. I was going to Raven, I'm not interrupting you intentionally. You are a victim of this. That's why it's a pet peeve. Yes, yes. And and that is, listen, do not put your faith. Are you putting your faith in a prayer that you prayed? Are you putting your faith in the person that you believe led you to Christ? Are you putting your faith in the told you you were saved? Are Are you putting your faith in the Bible? Your faith shouldn't be in the Bible, not that you shouldn't read it, not that you shouldn't believe in it. Uh, 100% you should. But your faith should be in Christ alone and him crucified. Amen. You see, it's it's not – all those things are good. The fact that you prayed, that you repented, repented that you repented, that you prayed, that you asked God to save you because you believe that Christ did sacrifice himself for your sin, all those things are very, very good. They're good things. If, if, you, if you read your Bible, that's a good thing. If you pray, that's a good thing. But those are not things. If you got baptized, it's a good thing. But None of those things are what you put your faith in. If you look back and you say, well, on such and such a day, at such and such a time, I prayed such and such a prayer because so-and-so told me to pray it. If that's what your faith is in, you may, you may not be saved. You may not be saved. And I say this. And, and I repeat this often, and I do this because I have such a passion for, I have such a passion for wanting to make sure that as many people as possible, and, and this is biblical, folks, this is biblical, as many people as possible know Christ on the day and the moment that they pass from this world. Listen, Amen. That's, I that's can, Hebrews that's Hebrews nine twenty two. That's right. Why don't you read uh, fact, that? Let's read, let's, that. let's read that. Yep. And according and Raven, to the I'd law like you, I'd, and then I'd like you to tell we only got a couple of minutes left. I'd like you to tell how you felt the day that you realized you weren't born again and believed you had been. And according to the law, almost all things are purged with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. So uh, when, when, I was, when I was 
30 years old, 30, 30 years uh, give or take six months, um, I, I, I had... Uh, She's 92 I, I, now, I began, so that was a long time. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> when I was 30 years old, I began looking for a church. I, it's, a, it's a long story. It would take me a while to go into it, but let's just say I realized that, that the religion that I had grown up believing in was wrong. I knew it. But I also knew and had always known that God was real, that the Bible was real, that, that everything in the word of God was, was given to us by him. I knew this. I knew it. As well as I knew that, that, that my body was real, I just knew. And that's biblical as well. So, um, so, so and we all know, everyone knows. Everyone knows this. So I, so I started searching for a church. I can't even tell you how many churches I went to. And I finally ended up in a church where they, they preached that you have to be saved. Okay? And uh, long story short, I was uh, told by them, listen, pray this prayer, often called the sinner's prayer. By the way, you can't find in Scripture anywhere, okay? There is nowhere. You'll find it in Bible tracts and things like that, you know, but it's the, the typical repeat after me, you know. So, and I did it. And I was told by that person, please don't ever say anything to anyone like this. You're giving false assurance. I was told you are now saved and are going to heaven. Can I interrupt? Listen. Yes, yes, please do. Okay. The thing, the point you're making, and this is a question, you're not saying the sinner's prayer is wrong. You're saying faith was in the sinner's prayer and you're saying it. Yes. Yes. That's the problem. The sinner's prayer is fine, but you were put you were told that you're going to heaven because you said the prayer. That's ridiculous. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you pray. That's not the point. The point is if your faith is in a prayer, a particular prayer, or if your faith is in the fact that a person said to you now that you have prayed that, you are going to heaven. No. No, that's, that's not true. Someone else can't tell you because you have prayed this, you're going to heaven. God is the only one that can give you assurance. Amen. God is the only one that can give you assurance. Perfect, perfect. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in you, that's where your assurance comes from. Your faith in Christ. See, that's where your assurance comes from. Which is the cross right. only. That's right. That's right. So, okay. so I believed, I believed because someone told me. See, I didn't believe because someone explained to me, look, this is what scriptures, I was told the Romans road, nothing wrong, 
nothing inherently wrong with somebody showing me scripture and saying this, but no one explained repentance to me. Yes, they told me I was a sinner. That's true. But I didn't really understand it. My heart, my soul did not understand it. My mind got it. Faith, I got it in my mind. My head, my mind, my brain understood all the words, but I was not truly convicted by the Holy Spirit. All right. So, advance forward, (laughs) advance forward uh, 12 years. 12 years I went with false assurance. Now, I'm sitting in a church. What time? What time is it? I want to make sure I know where we are. Okay. Well, I, I, so I, I, one more, Raven. One more. One more. Yeah. Two minutes to go. I'll just interrupt and say we got to stop. Okay. So I, 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 I see what it is, and I can, I can, I can move along. So fast forward twelve years. I'm sitting in a church, and and this is not about which church it is, okay? Because the gospel could have been given to me by anyone. I could have heard, I want to make this clear, I could have heard the scripture from anyone because it was the Holy Spirit that convicted me, not a person. Let's make that clear. Any one person, you who are listening, it's, it's you who give the words, but it's God who does the convicting. That's so important. You don't save anyone. No person saves anyone. This This is part of the problem in some of the churches today. And that pastor saying up there, we saved so many souls. No, you didn't. You saved no one. I have never saved a single person. Never in my life. All right. So I'm sitting. Yep. So I'm sitting in church, and and I'm listening to to a pastor, who is talking about the gospel and talking about Christ. And all of a sudden, I hear, if you will, you know, it's not it's not a loud, you know, voice, whatever. So, but I hear the Holy Spirit in my head saying, "You are not saved. You don't know me. You don't know me." Folks, I wanted to jump up out of my seat and run out of the church. I was terrified. I was convicted. I was so overcome that I probably could have run and jumped out the, the stained glass windows or whatever. I, I don't remember if they were, but you know what I mean. I, I, was, I was absolutely jumping up and down in my seat. So much so that my husband was looking at me going, what is wrong with you? I, and I just, all I could say was, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. So we left church, and, and this particular church, it's, you know, the morning service and the afternoon service, or the evening service. So we left, and I told him, I'm telling him, I, I'm not saved. I'm, I'm, I'm not saved. And he's just looking at me and saying, of course you're saved, you know. So... So anyway, so we went home, and I, all evening I'm like, i got to get back to church. i got to get back to church. I could have got saved any time, but this was, you know. Hey, Raven. So, I, uh, we're, yeah. Raven, we're, we're down to yeah. a, just about a minute. and uh, 
Why don't we what, finish what this up next week? Yeah, make a note of where you are. You, the moment you yep. realize, yep. this is what I want to hit, the moment you realize yep. that you were wrong and you've been misled. Okay, folks, we yep. thank yep. you for coming in. And give me a call as soon as we're done, if you would. I sure will. You. Come okay. back for the right. ending, thank folks. Thank you, folks, for listening. Thanks. Yep, thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.